Hello and welcome to the Run by Nature Club podcast. I'm your host, Bryna, founder of Run by Nature and associate professor in exercise science. This is the fitness and fashion podcast that doesn't leave you on the bench. Whether you're struggling with body confidence in the gym or fed up of not seeing anybody that looks like you within the activewear industry, I'm here with the help of expert guests to provide you with simple and sustainable workout and wardrobe solutions so you can finally look forward to exercising. Today is part two of how, at 36 years of age, I have finally developed a happy and healthy relationship with exercise and my body. So if you haven't listened to part one, which is episode number 36, now might be a good idea to go back and listen to that episode. So just pause it because it will give you a little bit more context for what I'm speaking about today. And I have to be honest, this is about the fifth time that I have pressed record on today's episode because I just cannot get my words out and my brain, I just feel like I've got brain fog and that I'm not really there. So apologies <laughs> if at any point I do stumble across my words. I'm just having one of those days, but I've got my festive antler uh, reindeer antlers on with little tinsel bits here if you are watching the video version of this podcast. I hope you're feeling festive if indeed you do celebrate Christmas. I also wanted to thank you if you voted for me in the Holly Tucker Holly & Co Independent Awards and for every DM and email and message and comment of support I received. I am so so grateful. Unfortunately I did not get through to the next stage, so I was a nominee, which of course I'm very proud of. But I didn't make it into the final for the Businesses for Good category. Congratulations to those businesses. There was five of them who have been selected and the winner and the runner-up will be announced next week with Holly. So good luck to everybody still in with a chance of winning. If you are looking for a Christmas present, a secret Santa, a gift for you, for a friend or family member, then do have a look at the Holly & Co Independent Awards website because it lists under each category the incredible small businesses that we have in the UK. So you can support one of these independent brands this Christmas. I also wanted to let you know that these socks have been embroidered and the sale of the socks will be happening imminently. If you want to be in with a chance of purchasing a pair of these limited edition socks, then sign up to the Run by Nature email list, which is at www.runbynature.com because email subscribers will receive an early link to purchasing them. And thank you for helping me choose the sock for helping me design it and for telling me that you wanted a sock in the first place. You also provided some great feedback and information on other products that you would like to see and they will be coming in 2023. And again, if you want to be the first to find out about them and of course have the chance to shop them first because as a sustainable brand, I don't make many products in advance 
They're predominantly made to order and limited edition. So sign up to the email list and you'll be the first to hear directly about anything new with Ran By Nature. Okay, so part two. Not only had I been fumbling over my words today, but I also find these solo episodes a little difficult to record because one, I don't really know where to look and two, you are literally just speaking into a machine and I talk all the time for my job. I teach as an associate professor, I do presentations, oral presentations, presentations about um, in front of audiences about the poster, all kinds of things. I talk regularly on social media, doing videos, doing Instagram lives and obviously the podcast itself. But there's something very different about just sitting here in a room by myself. I've not even got the cats for company today. At least I could try and talk to them and just speaking. So, I am and was a runner. As I mentioned last week, I was training for running. At the same time, going to a sports college a very active, uh, supportive environment for exercise and sport, and particularly being a female student, was probably a little bit unheard of right, in that era. Uh, for my primary school and then the secondary school that I went to, both Catholic, I had some excellent female role models from the parents who had offered up their time and help to you know, teach netball at primary school, from that initial teacher who said I was a good runner, and therefore recommended I go down to the running club, to then my physical education teachers at secondary school, who were you know, former athletes, netball players, footballers, and offered me and others incredible opportunity to engage in sport and exercise. As I progressed a little bit with my running, started to get better at the same time, I was playing more competitively, football, hockey and netball. Um, I was doing some racket sports but I was never particularly fond of the racket sports as much as I was. Uh, ball games, team games and the individual sport of running. Played a lot of rounders as well in the summer when the weather permitted. So I had a lot going on. Within a running context there are two sort of distinct uh, competitions. You have the, the school route and the, the races that I would do for my school and against other schools. And then of course you had the, the club events and the club races. Within the school context, living in England, where you really want to get to is something called the English schools. So if you qualified, if you got the qualifying times for the English schools, then this was the sort of the gold standard, the dream, the end goal as a, a young athlete attending school. I never got there before running, never got the qualifying times. Some of my friends did, some of the girls that I trained with did, and they, you know, later went on to race under like the Kelly Holmes um, talent scheme and program that she developed uh, and as I mentioned last week Kelly Holmes was one of my role models and 
I really wanted to be an 800 meter runner after I realized that I was definitely not going to be the next Denise Lewis because I couldn't jump very high and I couldn't get over the hurdles. But I still thoroughly enjoyed my running both on the track and cross country. I would go and compete at some of the Catholic schools events on um, a slightly more uh, regional um, and national level. Did fairly decent in those races. And then for my club, coming from Yorkshire, I would race at the Northern Championships. And again, you know, I would do pretty good, but I wasn't winning medals at these big events. I would qualify for the teams, but I would often be like in the B team or the second team, not the first team. And I would qualify for the inter-counties, again, as part of the team. But, you know, I wasn't making the, the top 20, the top 10. I certainly wasn't getting on the podium at these events. But thoroughly enjoying the process, loving being there with the friends that I had. I felt like I almost had two lives, and that was a real privilege. Yeah, I had my, my friends and my life at school and within that environment, and then I had my friends and my life as a runner and an athlete. And I even had more friends through uh, you know, netball, football, and hockey. I soon realized though, with running, that I probably wasn't going to fulfill my dream of becoming the next Kelly Holmes. And I know you can't always tell as a junior athlete, there are many athletes who have gone on to become international and elite level athletes who just like me were probably mid or maybe even a little bit further back as a junior. During this time, I also um, auditioned and applied for Gladiators Train to Win. Do you remember? Maybe you remember Gladiators. It was the show with Storm and Jet and the other male and female gladiators who would compete against adult guests that would come on and basically try to beat the gladiators at the different events. So they would have one where they would like duel with the, I can't even remember the name of it, but it was basically like a foam dumbbell with big like plates on the end and they would almost like joust and fight with them. Then you do ones where you had to like run up the, the travelator that was moving in the opposite direction. You would have to swing, you would have to run through the gladiators. All kinds of different you know, physical challenges. And they brought out a train to win, which was basically for junior athletes. And I applied for it, got through the application stage, uh, went to the audition, and obviously there was a physical test of part of this. I found one of the tests really, really difficult. Like, just for some reason, I just couldn't master it. Like, it stopped me in my stride. Like, yeah, I just, I just couldn't do it. I knew, like, physically I could do it, but psychologically I had a bit of a, a barrier there. And I, I didn't get through. But nothing really seemed to, to phase me when it came to you know, sport and, and continuing to try. But as I mentioned in episode one, or part one, I was comparing myself 
to others and there were times when my performance on the track or in a competition would impact how I felt you know about myself and and that would linger you know that would linger at school the next week and it would impact my mental and emotional health and one day during a normal running session a normal training session my coach turned around to me and the rest of the group and said we're going to do something a little different today we're going to do race walking and we were all like race what walking but we're runners like why would we walk when we can run like running's faster to get from a to b and i think that he had been to one of these coaching education training weekends you know you have to do to refresh and keep your cpd for a coaching license so being the little determined afraid of nothing independent person obviously i threw myself into it and i was a natural i think i was pretty good so we started to do it a little bit more and then i think that there was somebody at the track one day who was a previous race walking coach or his daughter had race walked and he said, oh, you know, Bryony's got a bit of a, a knack for this. She's got a really good technique. It just seems to flow with her. It just seems to come really easy. Like, yeah, I think you should get her some, like some more coaching, a bit more guidance. Obviously, no offence to my coach at the time, but he wasn't a specific race walking coach. So I did a few events, and there was another girl, another friend of mine, who was also really good. So we started to train, do that a little bit more. At this time, I was still running. I still class myself as a runner, not a race walker. I was doing the tryouts for netball for the the county championship to to be in the county team at the trials. A couple of years I got in, some years I didn't get in, but I was never the first choice, centre or wing attack. I was usually you know second or third, often on the substitute bench. And I loved netball, I loved the team sport, really enjoyed the competitive nature, but I tended to get injured. They say netball's a non-contact sport, but I usually had bumps, scrapes, scratches, blood, bruises, and occasionally the odd twisted ankle. So as I got better at running, I played netball a little bit less. And it was obviously the, the fear of injury and also just the hours in the day you know with race walking the the distances are further than you typically run i started out doing you know 2k 3k but it soon increased to five kilometers and 10 kilometers where i was used to doing you know 800 meter 1500 meter on the track and maybe just a few thousand kilometers over the cross country and as i started to do better with race walking those school championships the english schools that i'd never been to i was now able to qualify i was reaching the qualifying times for that now obviously there's there's a lot less race walkers than there are runners the fields are much smaller so at the northern championships at the inter-county championships again i was meddling so where before i was barely qualifying or middle of the field i'm now the one stood on the podium it's a great feeling right Everybody wants to to win a medal and get that gold medal. 
So I started to progress a lot quicker. I met even more friends, so my circle widened even more. Um, I'd already been used to travelling a lot with running, you know, going to different cities, different counties, all across England to race, to compete. And this got even wider, and I was visiting all of these random places in the UK. My dad would drive, and I would sit there with the, the big map. We'd plan our route, I'd tell him which junction to come off at the motorway, and you know which road to take to get there. It was obviously, back in the day, no mobile phones and no sat-naps. A lot of the races were on the roads, and that was often combined with a park, you know, a really nice park. I really enjoyed that aspect of being outdoors, uh, being in nature. Um, and as I said again, you know, these new experiences, learning a new skill, meeting different people, having fun, being there with my friends. And then as I got better and better, the, you know, the Saturday or the Sunday morning race then turned into, OK, now we're going to do training weekends because um, now I had a specialist race walking coach. The training got a little bit more serious, talking a lot more about nutrition, you know, diet, um, strength exercises, how I could basically become the best athlete. I would travel a lot down to Bath University, went over to Coventry University, to Loughborough. They held a lot of the training camps there. And we would stay over, we would... Of course, train, train really hard, have a biomechanical analysis of our race walking technique. But then there was always be some fun activity. You'd cook together, you'd um, relax, you'd do some fun social activities, go swimming, you know, go for a walk, um, watch a film. Whatever it is that you wanted to do, you could basically you know, do at these weekends. And then I'd go back and... I'd be there Monday morning, you know, at school, telling people about my weekend. Teachers would ask how I was doing and, you know, back into that academic environment. And, and sometimes it felt like I almost had two different lives. I was definitely Bryna, the, the runner and the race walker, the sporty one. But how I was obviously in school and with that set up and those friends was probably quite different to how I was within race walking and the competitive nature of trying to be a, an excellent junior athlete. So one thing led to another and I competed for England. I still remember the feeling of getting you know, that first call up to, to go and race for England, getting the kit, you know, the kit arriving. It was like a Nike kit, the first kit, I couldn't believe it. I just felt so proud wearing it, you know, training in it. And then the GB kit came and you get a letter and a medal when you um, first become a GB athlete and you represent your country. So that was super special as well. And again, you know, getting the kit, the sports bras, the leggings, the shorts, the vest, the t-shirt, the long sleeve top, the fleece, uh, the rain jacket, the rain pants, the hat, everything, the bag, you know, fully kitted out in England and GB kit. From this, it attracted a little bit more of media attention. Um, nothing like today. Like I can't even imagine what it would have been like if you know Instagram and TikTok had been around then. It was just my local newspaper, but they would often come you know, after a weekend, depending on where I'd been and 
my training partners and friends what we'd been doing. They'd often come and you know take pictures, uh, and we'd be in the the newspaper that week. A few radio interviews, you know, awards nights um, for for the county, etc. Which is all great. You know, who doesn't want to to be successful in that way? So I was probably about the 15, 16, where things then started to get like more serious, in inverted commas, and it was now uh, very much the, the main focus of my life, and a lot more sacrifices were being made in terms of socialising, being with friends. Um, you know, I still wanted to, to just be a teenager. I didn't have a, a job. I started working as a waitress in the local pub, but it was difficult because of the hours that I would train and the, obviously being away a lot at the weekend for races and competitions and you know, flying to different countries, uh, travelling here, there and everywhere. But the, you know, the pub were really good and it gave me a bit of independence, gave me some money. I was fortunate enough to be supported by things like the Ron Pickering Fund, with a little bit of money and a bit of help for entry fees for things. But as it's, it's quite expensive, expensive for my parents and travelling, um, funding, hotels, petrol. So I was really privileged that I had that support. And at this time, you know, I was looking at not just English schools or qualifying within England and, and Great Britain and the national level, I was now looking at the Youth Olympics qualifying times, the World Youth Games qualifying times, the World Junior qualifying times. I'm looking at not just how do I rank against my training partners and the people in England, but what about all the other countries, you know, England, Spain, uh, China, wherever you might be. So I'm working towards these, you know, qualification standards. Of course, you're now looking a lot more at the times that you're doing every single repetition of every single set of every single training session uh, the uh, the monitoring the the planning um, the feedback has just increased and it really shifts the focus from oh, I'm just running and enjoying the weekend with my friends and trying to do my best and obviously trying to get new personal best and trying to get faster too right is every single split is every single one kilometer 200 meter like what's your time what time do you do you need to be doing at the bell what's your tactics um how are we going to get to that you know qualifying standard what pace do you need to be on and um, it, it gets really analytical and, and very deep and you start to really monitor and try to control a lot of different factors you want to be the best that's that's what you have to do right but this is obviously quite, it's quite a lot and, it, you know, you sometimes you don't even stop to think, is this really what I want? Am I still enjoying this? And, you know, you've got the attention, you've got the media, you've got the free kit, you've got the weekends that you're going away with friends, you know, with these new people that you've met, you're travelling to all of these new places, the fact that you're, you know, Brian the race walker, the GB athlete, like... You feel special, you feel um, different, 
and you feel like you've made it and you're successful. So you feel like you should want it. But at the same time, you've also got all of this external feedback and all of these people telling you what you should be doing and how to exactly do this and almost planning your life out for you. And I'd obviously always loved sport and it was a true passion of mine. But it then went from being a hobby to something that I started to not enjoy as much. And they say this, don't they? There's been a lot of research conducted on this area that once you go from doing something as a hobby to then getting paid for it and you see it as a job, that satisfaction, happiness and enjoyment just drastically drop off. And that is exactly what happened. Now, don't get me wrong, you know, I still enjoyed many aspects of it, but the pressure, the intensity, the, the feeling like I was under a, a microscope, the, the fact that people have planned my life out for me at 15 years of age, that I was going to go to Loughborough or Bath University and I was going to um, you know, study and train there with this coach and I would then you know, meet the qualifying time for this race and then, okay, in, in two years' time it's the European Championships okay, then in another two, two years' time, right, we've got the Olympics, right, then where is the Commonwealth, okay, then where's the European Cup of Race Walking? And you know pretty far in advance, don't you, where the major events are going to be because the, the host countries win these and it's all mapped out in front of you. And there was part of me that loved that. There was part of me that really enjoyed that routine and knowing that, you know, Monday night was circuits night, you know, Tuesday was my long session Wednesday was a speed session, you know, this is what I did this day and um, I'd go for a really long walk or run on a Sunday and okay, um, this part of the season we're focusing on this aspect of my training and the goal is you know, this race, this cup, this um, qualification standard. Like, I really liked that, I really enjoyed that routine and you know, going from school to training, um, you know, to bed and, and it was pretty disciplined and I still enjoyed my social life. I still had an incredible group of friends outside of sport that, that really didn't like exercise or sport whatsoever where I could just show a completely different side to me. Because when you're that age, like, yes, definitely, you know, I was Brian the runner and I, I was sporty, but that wasn't the only part of me. Like, I had so many other interests and, you know, one of them was drama, but I couldn't do that because it clashed with PE and the timetable so I was unable to take that in, what would it have been, year nine or year ten. and You have to fit in so many different boxes when you're younger and, and even throughout your life. And sometimes you don't always get to explore the different sides of you and people are very quick to pigeonhole you. And, you know, I was very grateful for my talent and ability to be sporty and, and those opportunities. But I also wanted to express, you know, different sides of me. I love to read and I, I played the flute and musical instruments um, through most of my life. I loved theatre, I loved drama, um, I enjoyed history, you know, psychology, philosophy and ethics. But, you know, when, when the external world is almost like pushing you down a certain path, you can sometimes get a little, a little lost and it can be difficult to understand and take a breath and just be like, actually, what do I want? And live in that present moment when you are an athlete and 
you do have those goals of, you know, in two years' time, in four years' time, this is where I want to be, and you work towards those, you know, European or Olympic cycles, it can be quite different to just be like, okay, what's the next thing? Right, on to the next thing. Okay, how do I... Um, I've come third, okay, but, you know, I want the silver medal. No, I need the gold medal. Um, I need to push for that faster time. I should be where, you know, that athlete is. This is what I should be doing. And when you sort of live in always that, that constant pressure of the what's next, what's next, as you know, even if you're not particularly sporty and you can't resonate with that aspect, I'm sure that there are other um, aspects of life, whether it's been academic or through a business or just in general, the milestones that we're told to take through um, getting into a partnership, getting married, um, having children, getting this promotion, like it's very, very easy to get on that merry-go-round or you know the, the conveyor belt and just be not the driver of your life and yeah just get swept away in, in all of the external influences. So my performances were, you know, pretty mixed throughout this time. I'm also, you know, a 15, 16-year-old girl. Um, as I moved into sixth form, you know, 17, 18 years of age, there are lots of other things you want to be doing, going out, uh, which I still was doing. But then that's pretty difficult, sleep, um, nutrition, and staying fit and healthy, not picking up colds and coughs are obviously really important from a performance perspective. And my performance definitely uh, dipped. It certainly um, it come to a plateau, and you know I wasn't progressing at the speed, at the rate that I want, needed to, or to that that people were expecting me to. And obviously, you know, people put their arm around you and say, "It's okay. All athletes go through this. You're a young woman." And lots of changes happening. You can't always be improving and improving. Sometimes you plateau, sometimes you go backwards, you will come back stronger and all of the rest of it. But again, that's pretty hard to take when you're young and you put all this work in, like any athlete that does there, um, and you keep getting those defeats and you keep failing. Certainly taught me that resilience, um, the hard work, the perseverance, the consistency, but it was a lot to deal with emotionally and psychologically with everything else that was happening. And it all just got too much. So I decided one day that that was it. And I didn't just stop race walking. I, when I do something, I do it properly. Like I am stubborn and I am determined. And if I say I'm going to do something, I go and do it. But I don't just do it 50%. I do it 100% all in to the best of my ability and that's the same for quitting <laughs> if I'm going to quit I'm also going to fully quit like not just you know take off my race walking shoes and continue running and moving nope I went completely cold turkey now bearing in mind that now I've been doing this for a decade I'm 18 years pretty much all I've known for my life is running and then obviously race walking towards the end and sport. It has literally been my whole identity. And I know I mentioned earlier, obviously I had other interests, but pretty much sport was it, finding the runner. Everything I'd known and built was around sport. 
So to just go cold turkey was pretty horrific, if I'm being honest. Like, I lost the friendships, I lost the routine, I lost my purpose, I lost my passion. So not only was I grieving for the fact that I wasn't going to be an elite athlete, I'd wanted to be Denise Lewis, I'd wanted to be Kelly Holmes, then I wanted to be a race walker, and I remember at the Manchester Commonwealth Games, I'm going to be at the Commonwealth Games. Like, I truly believed that. I was going to be a Commonwealth athlete. Olympics, I, I still had it there, but I don't know. You know, Commonwealth, European, I'm going to be there. I'd spent my, literally my whole life up until that point working towards that. All just gone. Identity, everything. So I'm grieving the fact that I haven't made that. So that was hard, really hard emotionally and mentally. But I'm also grieving the loss of my routine, the loss of friendships, the loss of travel, of adventure. I did not know who I was and what I was going to do. As mentioned, my life had been planned. You're going to Bath or Loughborough University, you're going to study sport, you're going to be an athlete. So I just, I really didn't know and I was completely lost. At this point I was also coaching. So I'd done some, you know, basic uh, coaching courses. Um, I'd become a athletics coach. I'd done like sports skills, you know, different multi-sports coaching. I was uh, coaching physical activity, physical education, after-school clubs, um, going around the, the county doing this for you know young children, primary school children, secondary children, while studying for my A-levels. I'd been working with disabled children in schools and non-disabled children. And I got a lot of enjoyment out of you know, sport, physical activity and, and helping others to experience what I had experienced. So I decided to take a year out. Obviously I wasn't going to Bath or Loughborough anymore and I just couldn't face sport because it was so painful to think of going to Bath or Loughborough without being an athlete. It was just too hard to think about that. So I applied for other passions of mine, which were like law, ethics, um, philosophy. I think one in Manchester and one in London, a couple of like joint degree programs. And then I was just like, oh no, I think I've made a mistake. I think I've rushed into it. So I took some time out. I still felt pretty lost. It was still really painful. I was still grieving and trying to understand who I was. I wasn't really exercising very much at this point. I, I sort of couldn't face running. Um, you know, it would have been like, yeah, staring my failure in, and reliving that failure over and over again. Like it was just, it was too raw. It was too painful. And I can't really remember what happened that year, to be honest. But by the end of it, I had decided that. I was going to study sports science, but no way was I going to go to Loughborough or Bath or anywhere that was on my list. I think Birmingham were on the list as well, and Leeds. I was like, I need to go somewhere completely different. So I looked around at a few open days, and I actually ended up going to the university where I was living, and um, 
you know, the city that I'd moved to at seven years of age and doing the sports science programme there, which I loved. I had an incredible three years. I was one of the, the few females on the course. You know, this is where I really started to notice even even then the you know the the disparity um the gender gap the lack of females within sport and exercise i started to understand the lack of research that was done on women in sport and exercise the lack of knowledge there the fact that most things were done on males but i soon started on that treadmill of okay i need to be the best i need to reach the top so very early in my first year, I remember deciding I was going to do a master's and a PhD because that is literally how I had gone through every aspect of my life, whether it was the running, the race walking, um, the netball, my academic endeavours, uh, drama or music. You took an exam, uh, you passed that exam, you got the best, you tried to get the distinction, you moved on to the next level, the next grade, you know, the next personal best than the... Um, national champs, you know, the English champs, the inter-counties, the England, then Great Britain. It was this constant, okay, I need to climb the staircase, I need to reach the top. Like, I just had that mentality drilled into me. And being also determined, pretty stubborn, uh, very independent, and just having that adventurous and, and bubbly and um, very headstrong mindset. So I was like, right, yeah, I'm going to do a master's, I'm going to do a PhD, I need to get a first class honours, like nothing else will be good enough. So I studied hard, got first class honours and during the, this time I actually joined the, the netball team and uh, the running club. And I found that pretty hard because, you know, again, it, it was reminding me of a past version of myself and it was reminding me um, of those wounds. And then I got a master's and I was working as a lifeguard at the time and in a sports college and then I went on to do my PhD. Obviously very hard, challenging academically. Um, I was playing netball and I was back running but I was doing running that I'd never done before so I was training for a half marathon um, which made it a little less painful because I'd never, I'd never run a half marathon when I was a young athlete and it was with a, a different group of people so it didn't feel quite as familiar but I was still in my hometown so there were a lot of memories and a lot of triggers and there were a lot of instances where I did feel really triggered and quite, um, quite upset and quite, I found it quite hard, it was, it was pretty painful. Um, to reopen those wounds and again to I was living in the past like I was constantly looking back and thinking about that previous version of myself with the what if did I make a mistake should I have quit running should I have you know quit race walking um why didn't I just continue with running maybe I could have made it with running why didn't I just continue with race walking it could have been completely different had I gone to university what would the opportunities been like at Bath and at Loughborough Maybe it would have just, you know, made me the athlete that I always could have been. And I was looking at that time, you know, my training partner, my friends, they were still racing. And I was looking at their times and how well they were doing. Um, and one of the guys I used to train with got to the Olympics. I thought, ah, oh, 
you know, that could have been me, that should have been me. And you sort of like mentally torture yourself through this process, like living in this comparison of thinking back to who you were and what could have been. And obviously I don't even know that any of that's true. Like I was just telling myself this story, creating this narrative and like punishing myself, not allowing myself to move on and just constantly living in, in grief and um, going over that that past wound and feeling traumatised but you know I loved running so much and loved playing netball and exercise like to have not gone back to it would I think just denied a part of who I was so I persevered and you know I kept going but it never felt it never felt the same and I know it would never feel the same of course it wouldn't but I never enjoyed it to the extent that I had previously enjoyed it I didn't feel that freedom like there was nothing better you know whether it was playing netball or running cross country or uh, race walking around the park there's nothing better than just me hearing my feet hitting the pavement um, you know the cool air or um, just feeling like you know my breath my respiratory rate increase knowing that it was me and my body that had managed to accomplish that and just that sense of yeah, pure like runner's high and freedom that I'd gone through and you might think that that was the peak of the misery that that was where I uh, then turned the corner and things started to get better but it wasn't that was just the start of the misery but I will save that for part three and I hope that by listening to today perhaps you've resonated with some of that whether it's been through sport or exercise or whether it's been through something else a different hobby a career part of your life if you have any questions comments feedback i would love to hear you can send me a dm at briny christmas or at run by nature you can also email me hello at runbynature.com if you have any parts of a story that you would like to share you can also send this via voice note on Instagram or you can send a voice message also into the podcast. The link is in the show notes and um, I would love to hear about your experiences and your journey as well. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you found today helpful, then please do share it. Um, let me know what your biggest takeaway was. Tag me, post it on your stories. I really do appreciate all of your engagement with this and if you can leave a review five stars because it helps other people find this podcast and thank you ever so much for listening i can't wait to speak to you next week